Welcome to Radio 5G Other Voices with a pre-recorded presentation dated October 11th, 2023. Today we have Peggy Hall looking at things that do not fit the narrative of the Hamas attack on Israel. And this was clipped for a time consideration, so take a look at the whole video. The next tape was Kathy O'Brien and Dr. Anna Mahelsey discussing overcoming mind control with love. Thank you for participating. Hey, friends, Peggy Hall back with you from thehealthyamerican.org. Yeah, there are several other things that don't add up for me right off the bat. So let me give you some facts first about Israel, and then we'll, we'll look at some of the things that we've been told in the media that just don't add up. All right, number one, we're being told, and let me just double check. Okay. I hope that I am streaming. Sometimes YouTube kicks me off. Okay, it looks like we've got the chat going and we've got a lot of people on board. Welcome to all of our new viewers. Take a moment, subscribe if you will. YouTube has shadow banned me. I mean, basically strangled me. So if we can get more people subscribing, we can outsmart that algorithm. Okay, here are some facts about Israel. It is the world's undisputed leader in surveillance and security technology. Some people don't realize that Israel is a leader also in AI, in technology in general. I mean, cell phone technology, so many things that run our, uh, you know, technology comes from Israel. They are leaders in this. Again, I've been to Israel. I want to give you my personal impressions in a follow-up video after this one. I can't cover everything in this video. This is part one. We'll be looking at many other things in the coming days. So we have to accept that fact. That is reality that Israel has the strongest surveillance and security technology because they're surrounded by what have been historically hostile nations. I can't say that they still are. I think some of that might be, let's say, magnified and a little bit played out of uh, reality. But let's just accept that fact. A second fact, Israel's Mossad is the equivalent of our CIA. It puts our CIA to shame. Okay, the Mossad, there have been books, movies written about it, their training that they go through. I mean, look at our TSA. I have some healthy Americans that are TSA agents and they will tell me their training was very minimal and they are not like top security spies. Okay. They are government workers that are providing a service at the airport that they're paid for. So throwing no shade on the TSA, except for those that violate my rights, but the Mossad is what's manning the airport in Israel, okay? They are trained for noticing all, like the profiling. Of course, you can't do that in the United States. And in their own uh, their own intelligence work, they're just like the top of the class when it comes to keeping their country secure. It has the reputation of being, Mossad has a reputation of being the best in the world for identifying and stopping threats. That's why there have been no more hijackings of airline, hijackings of airlines in Israel or bombs going off on planes and so forth, unless they wanted it to happen. 
that's where we're going to be looking a little more closely. Let's do another fact because that's conjecture, what I just gave you. So we're going to look at the facts. You have to be able to discern the difference between the two. Israel knows that Hamas is its sworn enemy and has as its number one goal to obliterate Israel and reclaim that territory for Palestinians. It's a given. Now, whether or not that's just lip service, whether or not it's just a statement meant to intimidate Israel or rally the Palestinians, whether or not they don't really believe it themselves, meaning Hamas is the political authority in Gaza, okay, and in the Palestinian territory. So the Hamas is considered by Israel to be a terrorist organization. So if that is known about Hamas and they're like right next, like you're a next door neighbor in your own country and, and you're surrounding them, don't you think you would keep an eye on them like really closely? That's again conjecture. But the fact is that Hamas has said they want to destroy Israel. Here's another fact for you. Israel experienced a surprise attack, much like this one, on a Jewish holy day in 1973. Here's my conjecture. Don't you think they would have learned to be extra careful on the holidays, the holy days? Just saying. Here's a fact. Israel, with U.S. help and money, built what's called the Iron Dome. And this is an air defense system that is effective in stopping incoming missiles. That's a fact. And it stopped many of these incoming missiles. Here's my conjecture. Why didn't it work this time? Those are some questions. So let me give you some more things that we've been told that I cannot state as fact. Those are facts that we can verify. So now let's look at some information that's presented and we have to weigh it and determine whether or not we can believe it, trust it. Okay, so now we're told that somehow Hamas, right, in the center of Israel, I showed you the map, maybe not smack dab in the center, but surrounded by Israel territory, somehow they were able to get in massive weapons, rockets and rocket launchers and other arms. How exactly were they able to do that? I don't know. Were they flown in by plane that the Israeli air defense didn't see? Were they smuggled in? Possibly. How did they get in? How did they have all that massive artillery and missiles that were not spotted? I mean, Google Earth can like see the address on my house if they zoom in close enough, right? They can probably spot like a little... um I don't know, spider or something in the garden. But Israel couldn't see the weapons being built up. Okie dokie. That's my conjecture. Is We're also told that Israel's Iron Dome, it just failed. I don't know. Somebody was asleep at the wheel. It didn't stop any of the incoming missiles. Better go back to the drawing board. Okay. Then we're told that thousands, or maybe it was hundreds, remember, confusion is a tool of the enemy, all the conflicting reports about how many of the Hamas operatives overcame 
every single Israeli security measure. And they invaded Israel by land, by sea, and by air, by paragliding in. Okie dokie. And they weren't detected. They were able to just ram through these, like, I've been to Israel. Okay, I've seen, I've driven by the West Bank and Palestine. You ain't getting through. Just saying. Uh, Just saying. So maybe the paragliding, they weren't seen. And then they came by speedboat. Okay, that's what we're being told. We have to analyze that and then match it up with reality, like whether or not the percentage of that being likely or not. Again, when people are stunned with their emotional wounding, all they see is the attack and they don't stop and think and question. Oh, that's my new t-shirt. Would you guys like that? Stop, think, question. That's like the three steps that we need to do. All right. Then we're told that there was this first time rave, interestingly, organized by a Brazilian group. I'm going to do a separate video on the rave because there's so much to dive into. It was held in a massive exposed outdoor venue right within like spitting distance. I'm exaggerating of the Gaza Strip. Like that's a good place to hold a party on the holy day where you were attacked. Round up to, you know, 55, 60 years ago. Okay, dokie. 50 years ago. Huh. The location of this rave, which, by the way, was called a psy trance, you know, like psyop. Yeah, there's another clue for you, friends, rubbing your nose in it. This rave dance was supposed to put people into a trance. Uh huh. Yeah, sounds realistic, doesn't it? Not saying there aren't dances. There's such a thing called trance dance. I don't want anything to do with it. So it is possible this happened. I'm not saying it it didn't, but I am looking at it with a critical eye. The other interesting thing is Brazil, I'll show this to you in my separate video on the rave, also has this connection with Israel. And, and guess what? Uh, you said it, smart cities. What are the chances? I mean, come on. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do a deep dive. Now, it says, first of all, we were told that there were a thousand attendees. And then we were told that there, you know, actually there were 2,000. Well, make that three to four. You know, there were probably 5,000 people there. Okay. I'm going to show you a picture in just a moment of the 5,000 people at the rave. Uh, there was some footage which looks a little staged to me. I'll share that with you in a moment. And uh, the other thing, speaking about videos, there are a lot of strange video footage from the uh, kind of on the Israeli side. Again, I'm not going to show you anything graphic. I don't want to look at any of that. I don't have any way of verifying that that's even accurate. But what I did look at is some very amateur camera work. And I'm stunned that there is not a lot of just like regular people's footage on their cell phone. Now, I'm one of those people, I've told you before, 
I take my cell phone with me everywhere. I kind of use it like a calendar. So if I'm out having lunch or something, I'll snap a little photo of me and my husband. And then I can remember that we had lunch there that day. And sometimes I'm taking pictures of the clouds when there are clouds. Sometimes I'm taking video. I always have my phone ready to take a picture. Yet the pictures that we're seeing like at the rave are the video that we're seeing, at least that's been released. Maybe they're trying to uh, you know, scrub the video that actually would give us some truth. That's possible as well. But some of it just looks weird. I want everybody to do this as a test. Tomorrow, I want you to put your camera on video, and then I want you to jog down the street or even run down the street. I want you to hold your camera. Now, I've done that. I've held my camera as I'm running. And then later, I look at the video and I expect it to be all jumping everywhere. It's not. It's actually quite smooth. So when I look at video footage that's like all over the place, up front, back, close, you don't really see the people's faces and it cuts off after. It's like, you know what? Come on. You're going to make me believe. You're going to try to make me believe that that was authentic, especially if you're trying to capture like this horrible event when you want to get it so that you have evidence. I could be wrong. Now. There's also images that were being shown that shows the retaliation of Israel very, very promptly against Gaza, bombing these buildings that many of you very astutely have pointed out looks like controlled demolition. And there's even someone who did a little research and found that these were images from, I think it was 2012 a previous bombing. So you have to dig deeper on these images as well. Then we are told that there are hundreds, the numbers keep changing, could be more, of kidnapped Israelis. So let's just look at this again, like like not with the emotion. Okay. If the Hamas has kidnapped the Israelis and they were able to get back into Gaza, Did the Israelis spring into action and then close the hole that they snuck in through? How were they able to get back into Gaza? I've been there. You don't, you don't just freely go between these two areas. It's razor wire. It's a maze that you go through. It's not a door that you walk through. The security is, is unreal. How did they get these kidnapped victims back to Gaza? And if they did, Why is Netanyahu telling us that he's bombing the living daylights out of them if there are hostages there? Got an answer? What? There's no hostages. That could be a possibility. What's that? They kept the hostages in Israel. And there's no going door to door to try to find these hostages? Yeah. I was alive when there was the Iranian hostage crisis. That would be one to dig into as well. A lot of things don't add up there either. Let's do this. I'm going to share my screen. This is going to be a long video, friends, but there's so much to cover. All right. Let me share. This is from my Substack. This I thought was interesting. I have this on my Instagram as well. Be sure you sign up here or follow me here, Instagram. The Healthy American Peggy Hall, I do short clips and some of these images. So here we have this image says, 
Rockets are launched by Palestinian militants from the Gaza Strip or Gaza Strip toward Israel on Saturday, October 7th. We're going to look at the dates and the numbers in just a moment. Okay. Who took the picture? Who, who took this picture? Israel didn't know that this was happening. So was there like a, this looks like it's from a drone or something or like a really tall building. These are really tall buildings, but how tall would this building be? So was there a drone in the air that took these images and some Hamas guy was working the drone? How was the drone didn't get in the way of the missiles? Is this really a picture of what they're telling us it is? Is this a computer-generated image? Who gave this to the AP, the Associated Press? And if somebody gave it to them, wouldn't that be evidence for a crime, like a war crime? Wouldn't the person who took this video be complicit because they knew that this attack was going to happen when Israel didn't even know it was going to happen? You see, this is where my mind goes. I have to ask all these questions. Now, this came from Twitter. I, I think it's pretty funny. This guy is called Wall Street Apes. Now, these are not images from the attack. This is supposed to be satire. Not everybody understands satire. His comment, I think, is worth weighing, and that is these two things got past the most advanced, well-funded militaries in the world and the world's best intelligence agencies Make it make sense. So he's got this uh, parabolic balloon and then some kind of flying machine. Again, this is a little bit humorous and uh, satire, but it makes a point. How did they do it? All right. I do want to show you things now. Actually, let me, um, I'm going to give you a couple more background, then we'll look at a few more images here. So let's Let's add to this mix of what we're being told some patterns, signs, and symbols. I told you this is a deep, deep dive. So evildoers like to leave their calling card. This might be because of their, be because of their ego. They might want to mock you, the viewer. They want to signal to others who are in the know that this was an orchestrated event. Or they might believe that it's actually required of them to do it to satisfy the rulers and principalities of darkness. Some people do believe that, that they have to show and tell what they're doing. Okay. For whatever reason, any of those reasons, it is clear that many patterns are emerging, especially when it comes to numbers. This is a common and simple way for the evildoers to signal their hand. So I want you to look for the numbers 6, 3, 9, 11, 13 in this incident. Sometimes other numbers are coded. Sometimes they'll use 5 and 8. We saw that with the Cooties cocktail. Everything was eight, 80 million, 80 million votes, 80 million purebloods, 80 million this, 80 million, 80, 800, 888 was shown all over the place with this uh, occupier in the White House. Sometimes the number five will pop up again and again. I want you in this incident to look for six, three, nine, 11, and 13, or variations that add up to that. So you might have, you know, four and five mentioned that adds up to nine, nine upside down is a six. You might have dates that reduce down when you add them all together. And I'm not talking about gematria, which is a whole nother 
area that I'm not an expert in. There are YouTubers that talk about that, adding up people's names and giving a numerical value to the letter, like A is one, B is two. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about simple, straight numbers. For example, this incident occurred on October 7th, 2023. Add that all together. It adds up, meaning it reduces down to six, right? Two plus two plus three plus seven plus one, and that is six. Nine is used quite a bit. Remember 9-11. Another example of six is we've got 666. That's the number of the beast as described in the Bible. There are different interpretations as to exactly what the beast signifies. It could be the Antichrist. It could be the one world totalitarian government, but whatever it is, it ain't good. Again, topic for another day, but do be on the lookout for that 666. Also look for numbers, dates, and times that are variations such as 23. Okay, two times three is six. And the nines, which are the upside down sixes and numbers that can be reduced. Also, sometimes numbers are presented backwards. So 31 could be interpreted as 13, which is one of their numbers they love as well. Numbers 11, 13, and 33 are particularly significant to the bad guys. They're also associated with the secret societies, such as the Freemasons, the Illuminati, among others. Again, that's a topic for a deep dive on another day. I just want you to be on the lookout for these patterns. When you see the numbers repeated over and over, the conclusion I'm going to draw is that it's intentional. It's a clear giveaway for me is when an exact time is mentioned using the coded numbers, like it took 31 minutes for help to arrive. Okay. How do you know it took 31 minutes? Were you there? Did you time it? How do you know it wasn't 30 minutes? So when I see things, and I'm not saying that was in this incident, but I want you to look for that kind of thing. I've seen that again and again in all of these orchestrated events that, frankly, I don't even give a lot of time to because I already checked that off, false flag, false flag. I did do a video for you about a year ago called How to Watch the News. And I talk a lot about some of the giveaways where I know it's a slam dunk that these things are not as we're told. I'll just leave it that way. Also, you have to be a little careful on this channel. I don't know how they feel about uh, Israel and what's going on. Okay. Um, also, there's no way to verify some of that information. So why would they include it in the story except to enforce the pattern that we're going to be looking for? All right, let's do this. I want you to see huh, what I saw. Okay. Sharing my screen. Here we go. Okay. So these are notes that I grabbed from different news and media outlets. I know if you're on your phone or the screen is probably small, I will try to enlarge this a little bit for you, but I will also just read it for you here. Okay, now, now we've got it. So I don't, you don't even need to really read all of the details other than to see the numbers that I highlighted, 3,000 people, 600 killed, 2,000 wounded, all right? So we've got three here. We've got uh, 3,000 times two. There's another six, 600. 13, again, is what they like. Um, 20s and 30s, two times three is six. 20 to 40, that reduces also to six or 60. They arrived at 6.30 a.m., the 31-year-old. It just pops right off the page for me. 51, that adds up to six. Oh, the relatives were waiting for nine hours, not eight hours, not 10 hours, but nine hours. Um, he saw about 15 riders on motorbikes. 
Okay, that adds up to six. Really, you're not going to say about a dozen? You're going to you're going to come up with this number 15. Okay, that's strange to me. These are the things that just are bizarre. Okay, here we go. Just grab this off of the news reports. Israel death toll 600. Um 600 killed, 300 uh more than 300 in Gaza, 600 in Israel, 300. Again, this is all changing because of the confusion. An additional 1100 were wounded. How do they know? It wasn't anyway. You guys can see the pattern. They update their reports. Well, looky there. That adds up to 11. Two times three is six. Also, 20, uh, I think it's 322 is another important number for the skull and bones. Correct me in a comment if I have that wrong. I think it's 322. It, it, it could be two. Two, three. I think, I think that's what I have. All right. Here we are. 6.30 a.m. Of course, that's when it happened. Not only a six and a three, but that adds up to nine. Here we are, 15. Now we're told 1,500 are critically wounded. So that adds up to six. Just, just to give you the patterns as far as the numbers go. Let's look at some of these other things. Okay. Gaza, Israeli war, death toll. More than 560 Palestinians now. Again, I don't even believe these numbers. I have no way of verifying it, and I'm going to stand on the side that this is not really the, the truth. Because why would I believe them? I'm going to I'm going to not believe them as my default. How do you like them apples? They have to prove it to me. I'm going to not believe them and let them prove it to me. Of and then 800 Israeli. Okay, that might have some uh, significance, but I'm just am showing you again. 560 nine and two is 11. This adds up to 11. And from the Daily Caller. Death toll of U.S. citizens is now nine. I mean, can they come up with a new number, you guys? Okay. And my heart goes out to any of these if they are authentically lives lost. I'm not belittling, I'm not minimizing that, but I certainly am not going to jump on the bandwagon until I have more evidence. Okay. Colors are another way that hidden messages are conveyed. I did a whole video on color-coded disasters. What I'm noticing here. And I, I still am digging. It's not jumping out at me as much, but so far I'm seeing red and yellow and turquoise and pink. I want you to look for clothing, cars, signs that people are holding, insignias on their clothing. Are, there, are they all wearing the same kind of brand name? Okay, here we've got pink and turquoise in the braids. Maybe, okay, and there's a little bit of pink on the shorts. Okay. Symbols and gestures are another way that the bad guys communicate. Again, look at the signs they're holding. The signs are being shown. Brand names on shirts. I can't make out this little thing. It might not even be in English. Um, I have seen a lot of like weird Mickey Mouse. They're not, it's not really Disney Mickey Mouse. And that just might be again, innocent, but I've seen some of that. You want to look at the hats, the shoes of the victims being interviewed as well and detect patterns that could be a tip off that things ain't right. Now I'm going to show you an older photo just to talk about signs and symbols for you to start looking as you're on this journey with me in our critical thinking. So this is from 2018 and you're going to see a Masonic handshake. Okay. I'm going to reduce this a little bit so that we can see it uh, a little more on the screen. And here we have, over here in the blue suit, is Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel. This was in 2018. This is the President of Egypt. His name is Sisi. 
And that's a Masonic handshake, the thumb on top of the knuckles. So this tells me that these guys are in the same brotherhood. It's a fact. I know it's a fact because I can see the symbol of the handshake. That is an intentional handshake. And if I'm wrong, I will apologize. But I am, if I were arguing this in court, I would say, Your Honor, here's a picture of a Masonic handshake. I would show all of the other pictures of Masonic handshakes, which you can find online. And then I would draw the conclusion logically based on evidence that this guy in Egypt is not the sworn enemy of this guy in Israel because they're both in the same brotherhood. By the way, there is a lot of evidence I have to do more digging, but there is a lot of evidence that the Freemasons and the other secret societies started in Egypt. So why wouldn't he be a part of it, right? The the Shriners, the little red hats and all that. Yeah, that's all, all that Egyptian stuff. We could probably analyze these flags and these pins and the colors, but uh, he's got kind of got the on the blue tie. All right. I can't tell if this next one is a Masonic handshake, but it, well, actually, I, I gave you this date here actually is 2017 that I'm about to show you. This definitely is Nasal Schwab, as I call him. And he is shaking hands with the Prime Minister Netanyahu. This was in 2017. And just in case you didn't realize it, in 2018, Netanyahu spoke at the World Economic Forum. So we can definitively put him in the category of a WEFer. These are facts, my friends. So they look like they are, it does not, I cannot see the top of his thumb. It might be on top of his knuckles. It does look a little bit like it's bent. I cannot confirm it. So I'm not going to draw the conclusion, but I am going to say that they are both in the same WEFer uh, they have, uh, they're, they're both WEFers. They're in the World Economic Forum. Interestingly, when I went to see his speech, Netanyahu's speech on the World Economic Forum, it was taken down. How do you like them apples? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here, here's another one. All right. The victims often appear to have a little smirk. I call, you know, this is called the duper's delight. It's almost like they're on the verge of laughing, like they're pulling the wool over your eyes. You know, they, they don't, not, they don't look upset. They don't look horrified. They don't have tears that look authentic or genuine emotion. So what I, what I do is I kind of ask myself, are these actual victims? Are these actual witnesses? Where did they come from? How did they get on the news so quickly? In the case of Lahaina, there was one guy that kept showing up again and again and again. And I'm like, he had his GoFundMe. He had the duper's delight. And I'm like, I hope he's not scamming people. That would be so sad to scam people and prey on your compassionate heart. So I don't donate money. And I pray. And maybe, I don't know, in time, if I am clear-minded about what I, what I mean to say is I don't donate money to people that I don't know or causes that I can't verify. I donate a lot of money to my animal rescue groups because I know them personally. I've seen the work. I've been there so I can verify it. But I personally don't do this kind of thing. So I would not have anything to, to tell you. I'm going to talk about money in a moment. All right. We're, we're closing in to the end here, folks. Stick with me. So are these people that are being shown as victims and being interviewed, are they trustworthy? Do you, now this is brand new, but as we go forward, I want you to see if you keep seeing the same people pop up again and again in all of these interviews. Do they appear as though they were coached 
in their answers? Are they lacking the genuine emotion? Most importantly for me is do they start promoting the agenda? Do they start talking about the platform of change that they want to impose? So right after these events, you've got people talking about taking away the bang bangs. And you may say, of course, they want to take them away. They're devastated. And if I just lost a loved one, I'd probably be talking about other things. Like, I don't know, that might come like a few days later. It's almost as if they have a script that they're reading, promoting the narrative, promoting the propaganda. That makes me skeptical. Why do these victims so often have like a zero social media footprint? Okay, my hubby is not on social media, but probably if you typed in, well, he does have a YouTube channel, but there are people that I that I know that really aren't active on social media. But if I typed in their name, there would be a dozen of photos of them. Why do they keep showing the same photo over and over? How come these people can't be, um, you can't dig into their background or there's suddenly, suddenly popped on the scene, almost as if they were, how do I put it? False identities. Yes. Inquiring minds want to know. The other thing is often, often these victims have in my opinion, it's not a fact, absurd names, like names that I've never heard before with weird spellings, almost unintentionally, either it came from a computer generated program, or they're so bizarre that they can't be confused with someone else. And they also, those bizarre names, again, kind of hijack your thinking brain, like, how do you pronounce that? What ethnicity is that? I've never heard of a name like that. It's done intentionally. All right, we're we're like in the PhD level of uh, critical thinking here, friends, because you might think I'm completely off my rocker. The other thing I've noticed in these events, like go back to Shady Nook was a huge one. How is it, and even some more recent things, how is it that these uh, people on the scene that are you know being in the news and the, the names or the victims, how is it that their immediate family members are usually not around to corroborate their story. I want you to notice this. It's usually a cousin or an aunt or a grandparent or a teacher or a neighbor. And we never get the full identity of that person who knows the victim. We don't know if they're actually a real person, if they're a crisis actor, if they have a script to read. I don't have any way of verifying it. And remember, I told you from the outset, my default is to not believe it until I have evidence to persuade me otherwise. It's almost like innocent until or unless proven guilty. I'm not going to believe this until it's proven to me that it happened the way it was. I, I was told. So all of these victims and their stories and the uh, you're going to hear all sorts of heart-wrenching stories that it was the person's birthday. They had just gotten married. They were expecting a baby. They weren't supposed to be there that day, but they were, their plane was canceled. You're going to hear all those stories that you've heard again and again and again. And again, to go back to that first point of hijacking your emotions. All right. So let's take a look at this uh, dear granny. She looks like a very nice, lovely lady. And we're being told by the description tells us that she was taken hostage. But granny doesn't look too upset at being taken hostage. They even let her bring her pretty pink little blankie with her. Remember, pink is one of the colors that I'm noticing. This guy here, I don't know if you can make it out, you know, on your screen, but he looks pretty uh, chipper, like he's uh, 
Let's go get it. Let, let's go get a couple of burgers and a non-alcoholic beer. And this guy's just driving the golf cart. These guys are walking alongside. She doesn't look too like restrained. So I have no way of verifying that this granny is a victim. She doesn't look like she was roughed up. She doesn't have a hood over her head, so she can't tell where she's going. I have no idea. I, I would ha- actually have to see when this picture was taken. So um, are those turquoise uh, glasses she's got on? I, I can't tell. So we are told that. Okay. So as we're getting to the images and the footage, a lot of this footage is, the video footage is very bizarre. It's choppy. It's too far away. It's blurry. It's too nondescript. It's too vague. How do I know that what they're showing us is authentic and not staged? The photos that appear staged and blurry, they can't be authenticated. How do we know that the location is even accurate? There needs to be a lot of digging on this footage. How did it get to the media? Who took it? How was that person in the exact right spot to capture it? What about footage that is supposed to be from a bystander, but it looks to me that they're on, it's called a dolly, right? Like a, maybe there's another word for it. When somebody's filming and there's a little cart that somebody pulls and then that cart moves and it's a really smooth frame. So it's almost the opposite. Instead of being jagged, it's like, how does this one look cinematic? (laughs) But the guy that was supposed to be on the scene, um, you know, that's supposed to be the eyewitness on the scene. It just doesn't add up for me. I'll show you. Here's uh here's a weird video. All right. Let me, let me click through. All right. And um, I'm not going to play the sound. And again, if you feel that this is going to be too upsetting for you, because what I've shared with you so far has not had any impact on your ability to discern truth from deception, then I wouldn't watch this. There's nothing graphic. As I told you, I'm not going to do any of that. I want you to look at the quality of the footage and how we're being told in social media on Twitter, in fact, that this is evidence of people being kidnapped. I'm going to do a separate video for you coming up called Duper's Delight, where, because I just can't find the video at the moment, but there's an image of a woman that's like on a motorbike and she's crying out with the little Duper's Delight. And her boyfriend, I guess, is just kind of walking sullenly with a couple of like 15-year-olds holding his arms. He's not going to kick and fight and drop to the, I've seen people at board meetings put up more resistance against the sheriffs that are trying to kick them out for breathing oxygen. And you're going to tell me a, a six foot two Israeli that was trained in the army is going to willingly go along with a couple of 15 year olds. Yeah. When your brain is high, when your emotions are hijacked, you're going to believe that. So let's look at this footage, the quality of it and how it does not provide any evidence for me of any kidnappings. All right, let me share my screen. And here we go. No sound. Oops, sorry, I meant to have no sound. I don't I, I don't want to hear this. Okay. All right. Very jagged. We're told again. Well, I'll just let it run. So my question is the quality of the footage. Is the person taking it also being kidnapped? Is that why it's so poor? They can't focus clearly on a frame. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing any people. He's just walking. Why is he photographing it like this? I'm not really seeing much of anything, frankly. And this is what they're saying. Hamas is taking hostages in one of the border communities. So they weren't able to call 
the Israeli police to come out, but he was able to film it? I, I, it doesn't make sense. And you know it doesn't make sense. All right, let me go back to a couple more things here. Okay. All right, here's, here's a clip from a video. And I'll do a separate video on videos, but look at this. This is supposed to be thousands of people fleeing the music rave. Okay. First of all, it doesn't look like thousands of people. Even if there were thousands of people there and this were only a, a few nearer the out, I don't know. I'm just not getting the sense that there are thousands of people fleeing. It, who, who took the picture? Why are they so far away? Why is it so blurry? Why does it look like a fake photo? This, any of you that are in that do Photoshop and uh, graphic design and all of that, I mean, it is so easy to just plop that in. You can grab footage right now off any number of sites and you could put, you could make it look like they're running on the moon. You could make it look like they're running across Grand Canyon. I have no way of knowing that this is true. And if it's true, where are the cars? Did they actually park that far away? Like, where was the rave? I don't see any tents. This picture doesn't make any sense to me at all. And it's being shown to us as proof of, of thousands of people fleeing. Okay, here's another one. Hostages being taken. I don't even see people running. The vibe looks really casual. How do I know this was not a live exercise? So here it says, video shows militants take festival goers hostage. That was the, that's not my typing. That was the caption of this image. I don't know. I don't see anybody running. I don't see any hostages being taken. I do see some pink and yellow. I'm going to file that away in my mind for, you know, potential color coding of this event. Um, They look pretty cash. It looks like a, a, a pretty easy vibe to me. Again, where is the music festival? I'm going to do an entire separate video on the music festival. All right. Remember that propaganda can be defined as information that is biased that is intentionally misleading using all of the tactics and the patterns that I just have mentioned over this entire hour here, more than an hour. And this is intended to further a specific political cause or point of view or agenda. Think about what we were told all these last years. We're all in this together. It's for the common good. It's for the good of all. Do it for others. More recently, we need to eliminate bang, bang violence. We need more security. It's for your safety. And that save the planet. How about Lahaina strong? Las Vegas strong? Israel strong? Blah, blah, blah. Not to sound a little jaded. Uh, look at, you want to talk about propaganda? Let me share my screen again. Look at this fear mongering from an American political site. I think it is uh, American, American, I don't even know this. Somebody emailed me this. The single most important reality about Israel's war against the savages. Okay. So let's use our critical thinking. Is this conjecture? Is this an opinion or is this a fact? Is it a fact that Hamas are savages? Is it a fact 
that they actually perpetrated this event. I can't state that it is because I don't have enough evidence to draw that conclusion. I have lots of evidence to draw other conclusions in terms of forwarding an agenda. And then it it goes on to fearmonger. Relative to population, this is the equivalent of approximately 25,000 Americans being murdered in a single. I reject that. We have no evidence that that, no irrefutable, undeniable, factual evidence that that is the case. So let's finish off with your question. Peggy, why would they do it? You go through all of this. It seems like much too much to orchestrate and create. Why would they do it? I'm sure you're not asking me that question because I'm sure you already know the answer to that question. I've done videos about the side effects, whether or not this was caused exactly as we were told or whether or not it was done as a false flag. You can bet that they will benefit from the side effects. So a better question would be, why wouldn't they do this? Remember, evil exists in the world. And it may not always show itself, right, as the evil that it is. That's why it's called deception. It is cloaked in a little bit of truth often so that we're deceived. The purpose of evil is to steal your soul, to separate you from your creator, to psychologically wear you down through relentless attacks on your mind, on your emotions, like they're doing with this incident on your body, your spirit. Evil wants to isolate you from reality. I'm, I'm just looking at my notes here from my uh, Substack. Evil wants you to follow their fake reality. Evil itself is inverted, right? Whether or not you read the Bible, you can understand the concept that what we know to be good is called bad. And what we know to be bad is being celebrated as good or right. So. Evil, by its very nature, is inverted. So when I want to untangle evil, I try to do the reverse and see the reverse of what they're showing me. That's a starting point. Now, evil wants to have power over you and enslave you. I'm sure you could add many more definitions to the li- to this list. I do realize that for some people, this is a hard pill to swallow. And frankly, not everybody wants to face the reality of what we're going through. Just like with the cooties hogwash, people willingly went along with it hook, line, and sinker because they could not face the fact that the government, media, and mainstream medicine would lie to them. But haven't you been betrayed by somebody, a boss, a coworker, maybe even a family member, maybe even a spouse? a friend that you thought you could trust, somebody who knows you, somebody who you thought loved you and they betrayed you anyway, yet you think the government who doesn't even know who you are would never betray you? Friends, that again, that defies logic. Of course they want to ensnare you, enslave you, terrorize you so that you're easier to control. I mean, to me, it just makes perfect sense. Of course, an anonymous, massive controlling mob could never lie, cheat, or bamboozle you. I would rather admit, friends, that I've been bamboozled and and vow to never be hoodwinked again than to continue to be under the boot of oppression and tyranny. I would rather face this and see it. So we have to pray and have compassion for those who can't. Maybe that's just me. Okay. I see I'm, I'm getting a little snarky. So let me just give you a couple of reasons why they would orchestrate this attack. Okay. Netanyahu will be seen as a hero 
instead of a zero. Remember, his reputation was slipping. He was trying to get the Supreme Court to reduce some of its power. Israel will get most of the world's sympathy because they were sucker, sucker punched. We were told that they were sucker punched by the Hamas terrorist. Now, there are those that are going to be siding with the Palestinians, and that is going to cause more division in our country and more fear, more anger, you know. Israel will institute even more drastic programs of oppression. They'll have more draconian security measures. They'll have more surveillance, more cameras. They'll enslave more of the population as they did so dramatically during the Kudis hogwash and the mandatory pincushion status. Smart cities, anyone? They are leaders in smart cities. They teach other cities how to be smart cities. Keep in mind, it is not a, I know they call it a democracy. It's very much socialist. I, I realize I'm going to have to tell you my personal story about Israel tomorrow because this has gone so long. So even though at the beginning of the video, I said, I'd tell you about my personal story in Israel. I will do that for you tomorrow. And I will tell you about how I experienced the socialist lifestyle in Israel. Okay. Israel is going to get a lot of money, maybe even, well, definitely they're going to get my money, not through donations, and they're going to get your money if you pay any taxes, because there will be billions, I predict, of dollars flowing to Israel, and whatever they print out of thin air, whatever the government prints out of thin air, they'll get their military aid, and they're going to get all of their donations. Yeah, wonder where that money's going to go. People are wondering where the money in Maui went. Mm -hmm. The war machine is going to benefit massively. Think Raytheon, Northrop Grumman. If you invest in any of those companies, now it's probably, the, I'm not giving you any investment advice, but people are probably going to start investing in those war companies now. All of those military contractors. Many people make money off these conflicts. Of course, this is a massive distraction from everything else that's going on, right? Maui, Ukraine, Trump, occupier of the White House, probably going to spin this to make him look like he's in a good light. Maybe, just maybe, it will be a win if uh, Biden will broker peace in the Middle East, and then he will be guaranteed of his selection in 2024. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, go back and study. I'll have to do a video on it if you're interested, the Iranian hostage crisis and how that played out with the presidential elections and Jimmy Carter and all that. Oh, very interesting. As far as Hamas goes, maybe, just maybe, this could result in, if there's a peace treaty or something, improvements in the Palestinian territories. Basically, it is a very, very rough place. All right. It's, uh, it, it's rough, meaning there's not a lot of money, not a lot of jobs. It's the infrastructure is run down. So perhaps there could be some improvements in these areas. Basically, many of these Palestinians are living off the UN dime in uh, what are still called refugee camps. 
That's their status still. Why countries that are really, really rich and wealthy lie Arab countries like Saudi Arabia and Dubai and the Emirates, the Emirates part, why don't they give money to these Palestinian territories so they could improve their standard of living? Inquiring minds want to know. That reminds me, money, 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 money. Yep. Bring on the GoFundMes. Oh, yeah. There won't be a lot of video that we can authenticate, but there will be a lot of GoFundMes for the victims. Sad to say, in addition to some of those authentic, genuine ones, if we can verify, bring on the grifters. Oh, yeah. There are slimy psychopaths that are going to try on their own to prey on you and your compassionate heart and your pocketbook saying that somehow they were in Israel and they lost their family member with a very strange name and can't be identified. And suddenly now they're making money as you empty your pocketbook and uh, they prey on your emotions. You should see my videos all about the Red Crass. I will leave a link for you and also profiting from disaster, another video. All right, let's... uh, finish up here. Thank you for being on board all this time. And let me share my screen. I think this is probably a record for my length in a live stream, but there's so much to cover. So here, notice the pink and turquoise. I'm sure it's just a quinky dink that those colors are in this image. And here it says, after the shock Gaza attack, Israelis step up to provide aid. Here's how you can Two. Now, they already had this set up like within, it wasn't even 24 hours. Okay, they already had these donations. I mean, I've collected blankets for the animal shelter and I've been on food drives where people bring their canned food and everything. And I've actually been in New Orleans in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, where people sent, you know, protein bars and stuff for us to live on while we were rescuing all the animals that had been left behind by the people who evacuated and left their animals. But I didn't see anything show up in 24 hours. Wow, my my, my hat is off to the Israelis that they got this done. Unless this is a stock photo being presented as if it's happening now. Just saying. And there's that nice little turquoise. So any anything else that I missed, friends? All right. Uh, Regardless of how it happened, we can be 100% certain that the new world disorder are going to use this to further its diabolical plans. I want to know from you. In fact, what I want you to do is get on my Substack. It's coming out tomorrow. All of this will be in a written form for you. You'll have the images. You can click through. I'll have a couple of links to the videos. I'll do other videos for you in the coming days, analyzing some of these points a little more deeply. And when you're on my Substack, you can participate in a poll. And I want to ask you the question, what do you think really happened? Choice number one, door number one, just as the news said, exactly as we were told. Number two, Israel and Hamas were both in on it somehow. Number three, it was all staged on a green screen. Those are the choices that I'm doing for this poll. Find me on Substack. Find me on Instagram. I'm on all the backup channels in case this goes down. 
So you can find me there as well. But let's get back together tomorrow, 4 p.m. Pacific, that's 7 p.m. Eastern, and we'll continue this coverage of this. uh, However it happened, it's a horrible incident. And as I mentioned, that was a clip. The beginning of the show went over the various ways that they control us, and it was it was interesting, but I wanted to give you just her version of what she was seeing. So here we go with the second show. My name is Dr. Anna Maria Mihaicha, and today I am connecting with one of my greatest heroes who has helped me in my own evolution and uh, understanding of how to understand the world tremendously. And this is Kathy O'Brien. And I am so happy that you agreed to speak with me, Kathy, and that we met. And uh, immediately, you know, I felt uh, this absolute connection, uh, you know, from my soul of, of love and appreciation. And I'm so honored uh, uh, that you agreed to chat with me. Would you tell us some of your background and really explain some of your phenomenal experience? Because I want to talk today about, you know, how love really is able to help us um, regenerate and deprogram from the mind control that we all suffer under. Uh, and so, Please, and welcome, Kathy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to have this discussion with you because this is like a, a meeting of minds that is coming from such completely different points of view, and yet you feel like my kindred spirit, you know, like we're we're here for the same purpose, to bring important truth to light. And it makes such a comprehensive um, understanding for people to, to see the information that we're wanting to share to help people expand their thinking beyond what they've been told. Because I am a survivor of CIA MK Ultra mind control. I was used on a White House Pentagon level and was exposed to a lot of high level perpetrators who are using mind control to usher in what Adolf Hitler, George Bush, Joe Biden, and Klaus Schwab term the new world order. You know, it's it's something that's in all of our faces right now, and we need to understand about mind control. Knowledge is our defense against it, and my life's experience certainly gave me that knowledge and inspires me to speak out today to bring this truth to light so that people can start thinking beyond what controlled media tells us, beyond educational indoctrination that has left out such crucial components of our mind-brain function, whether it's a psych community or the medical community. Information's been deliberately suppressed. And being right there in Washington, D.C., in the swamp, I saw this information being suppressed. So my um, my background um very briefly is um, I was born into a multi-generational incest-based family. And my father was sexually and ritually abused. My mother was sexually abused and had been trafficked in my grandfather's Blue Masonic Lodge. So there's this genetic history of 
mind manipulation through abuse. Trauma is the basis of mind control. That information on, um, on mind control was brought over into the United States in the wake of World War II. We didn't win World War II. We transported it over here through Project Paperclip. And I encourage everybody, you know, research that for yourself. With them came the formula for MK Ultra Mind Control. And that formula is a very scientific and strategic formula that, and with trauma being the basis of it, because it's the way our brains respond to trauma. It's like our conscious mind freezes in fright, leaves our subconscious mind wide open to being easily led and manipulated. And it was found through the Hitler Himmler research. There is no abuse stronger on the human mind to create more suggestibility for creating a compliant society for this new world order slave society agenda than sexual abuse of a child prior to age five while their brain is still forming. When you add the multi-generational aspect to it, the fact that we pass our knowledge base, belief systems, um, and abuse base through generations. And after three generations, it becomes autogenic in the brain. And babies are born more compliant, whether they're being abused or not. Well, I was definitely being abused and my father's sexual abuse of me extended into child pornography um, and trafficking me to my grandfather's Blue Masonic Lodge where all the local politicians and um, perpetrators of this New World Order agenda were part of the secret society, keeping the secrets on mind control. They don't want us to have this information because knowledge is our defense against it. So they keep it in secret societies. We don't need secrecy. And worse, it was being buried under national security because when my father was caught sending child pornography of me through the U.S. mails, he was granted immunity from prosecution. This was like 1960. We're seeing how our courts are being compromised to allow for the proliferation of sexual abuse of children. So this pedophile agenda being pushed today is definitely a mind control agenda. And in my case, since I was multi-generationally abused, my father was approached by one of the politicians I had been trafficked to since I was a toddler in the, my grandfather's Blue Masonic Lodge, Gerald Ford. And Gerald Ford granted my father immunity from prosecution by invoking national security and um, ultimately, as Ford's political career escalated to become the unelected president of the United States, so too did my victimization in MK Ultra mind control. And um, that put, is what put me on a White House Pentagon level. And fortunately for me, there's a lot of people on intelligence levels and in government who are very concerned with the erosion of free thought, because it is well known that without free thought, there's no free will. And without free will, soul expression, we don't have that strength of spirit, that innate source of love that, that motivates our whole life's purpose and why we're even here at this pivotal moment in, in humanity's history. You know, so there are a lot of people concerned 
Unfortunately for me, intelligence insider Mark Phillips, who has worked in the highest levels of mind sciences, was disgusted to see that pertinent information on our mind-brain function was suppressed from the education system and from society as a whole, from the medical community and from the mental health community. He was disgusted to see children being taken in and out of the White House. So he um, decided to take action and lifted my daughter and me right out of the Washington, D.C. swamp and handed me keys to my own mind because those keys that were suppressed under national security, while Mark couldn't release them because he was bound by laws of sedition, he could sure remind me that it is within us all to heal, that we have amazing capacities within us, both physically and mentally. The resiliency of our bodies, minds, and spirits is just phenomenal. And fortunately for me, I was able to heal. And um, Mark and I began speaking out like in 1990, before anybody even knew what human trafficking and mind control was all about. And yet, um, that gave us a view into the Great Awakening. And we're at a point now where people, as you well know, are wanting answers. They're wanting to know what in the world is going on. And the answers that you're providing are so comprehensive. The microscopic detail of what you can provide scientifically just reinforces what I learned from um, without any of that that kind of scientific knowledge, but I had the inside knowledge to know that, yeah, we have amazing abilities within us. And there are people who are wanting to, um, they don't, they don't like us. They're not like us. And they're trying to destroy our abilities through mind control and through an assault on our genetic bodies. Fortunately for us all, and especially, you know, fortunately for me in my situation, soul is stronger than genetics. So here we are, you and me talking about this phenomena from such different points of view and yet giving the same message. Absolutely. And thank you so much. So one of my, you know, uh, endeavors has been to broaden the view of the medical freedom movement because Nobody can understand uh, the mind of someone who would want 8 billion or more people dead, uh, you know, via a bioweapon or understand depopulation or understand Juval Harari who is saying, you know, the soul and the spirit of humanity is a thing of the past. We're going to have unconscious automatons as consumers uh, and that's their goal of what they want to create. So in my uh, sort of journey uh, because of my spiritual background and then my medical background I wanted to understand you know what's the what would be the technological platform of, of them making this happen and my life changed when I first looked at the um, COVID-19 Pfizer vials with David Nixon together and I saw this self-assembling nanotechnology and uh and i immediately thought oh my god this stuff isn't from here this is absolutely black project stuff and 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 so i 
I started really researching and I understood from my education of, you know, that, that consciousness and energy creates the nature of reality. So our observation is, is very important in the creation of our physical well-being. You know, if we're absorbing negative thoughts, if we're absorbing, uh, observing, you know, a lower frequency thought, we manifest disharmony in our biophotonic energy field. But if we are spiritually evolving and we come to a place of self-forgiveness, because we all have to do that, uh, you know, then there is a harmony that, that occurs and then, you know, a love that can emanate from us. And then what I saw in my patients was that after this pandemic was started and then the injections came and then I was aware of the self-spreading mechanism, I also saw a, uh, not just chronic fatigue and disease and accelerated aging, but also a spiritual sort of disconnect, a depression, uh, increasing suicidality. Uh, and I was like, you know, this is, this, these are the, what I call the machines that are literally hijacking our own or influencing our own consciousness. And, uh, the most, extraordinary finding in my work with Clifford Carnicum, uh, we just posted last weekend, which was <clears throat> throughout the research, we didn't find any difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated bloods uh, with the COVID injections. You know, they all had these filaments, the nanotechnology, all this stuff. But then we did some uh, some experiments that looked for uh, it's called impedance spectroscopy, where we uh, subjected vaccinated and unvaccinated blood to frequencies in the range of one hertz to twenty five thousand hertz. And it turned out we found one difference at four hertz which is an extremely low frequency that has been used for mind control and is associated with the ambient field of HARP, um, a high auroral research project that's usually used for weaponizing weather, but it can also be used for mind control. It can be used for genetic alteration. The vaccinated blood had an extreme sensitivity and response to four hertz, whereas the unvaccinated didn't. And I, I just want to explain for our audience. So eight hertz is a Schumann resonance, and it is related to the size of the earth, <clears throat> meaning there is nothing, uh, you know, larger than the size of the earth that would create such a, a resonant frequency. Four hertz, therefore, has to be artificial and it's an ambient field that's been measured by Clever Carnicum uh, all around the United States, around the world. This has been uh, uh, looked at, and it's it's also veiled in a secrecy veil. So, so what I'm wondering is number one, when we talked, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you were explaining that you overheard some conversation, for example, that is number one known in D.C. to not take vaccines. Uh, and what was the plan that you also overheard in general in terms of this depopulation? Can you just elaborate on this for the background, again, in terms of understanding what is the context of this pandemic and the vaccines and the digital identity and that, that you know about firsthand? 
Wow. It's just amazing. The information you just shared and all that it brings to mind so quickly for me because of having been around these perpetrators. I know that they feed off of that low vibration. That's their vibration. That's their um, energy source. They want to bring our energy to that through fear, hate, trauma, mind control. Because if they can control our minds, they stop our ability to express our strength of spirit, to express that power of love. And that is what they fear the most is our strength of spirit and power of love. So that vibrational frequency is their fear. They want us down to their level. And George Bush had been talking about it at Bohemian Grove back in the mid 80s and said that um, if they couldn't use mind control on the population and bring that vibrational frequency down, that they would eliminate, um, they would bring the population down to a more manageable size through um, genocide. And vaccines were figured into this equation because back then it was the AIDS vaccine and that that was the um, bioweapon of choice that was unleashed on humanity. And ultimately, we'll notice that all of these affect re- reproduction. You pro- I'm sure you know more about that than I do, but I only know from their intent is to stop human reproduction production, stop human procreation. That's even what the transgender movement is about, is to stop just the natural family um, unit, because that's where love emanates. That's where um, we um, we have our natural process. And they're wanting to do something very, very unnatural to create a vibration that is more like them. You know, again, these people are not like us. They do not like us. And they want us at a very low vibration those of us that they would um, that, you know, survive the onslaught of what's going on. Well, the power of the mind and awareness of their agenda and their purpose allows us to not comply and realize that we have all the power. We have all the strength. We have what they fear. And we just simply need to access that and live it and know the truth and the details of that truth that you bring forth are um, exactly what's needed at this point because they lost control over the minds of the masses when they used the injections, you know, the vaccines, which nobody in D.C. would ever give to their families, that it's a well-known, it's just an, an accepted knowledge. You don't do that. It, and even my owner and MK MKUltra, um, ordered that my daughter not have any vaccines. So, um, and, and he didn't, he didn't even like it. I mean, he was torturous abuser, but he had other plans for my daughter and me. So he wanted to make sure that those vaccines weren't a part of that equation. So when we understand that, not only can we say no to them anymore, but we can start reversing the adverse effects that they have had on us and take back our right to life and procreation and to the vibrational frequency that is ours, that does allow us to not be affected by technologies like HARP, which have been, you know, I've been talking about ever since I found my, my voice, you know, in 1990. So um, 
this whole aspect of it is is just so crucial. But when they started saying we had to get the booster, get the booster, the people less and less and less are cooperating and peaceful noncompliance is showing they lost control over us. So they're going all in with every aspect of um, reducing our population that they can. And one of those, of course, like I said, is the transgender agenda. Our children are targeted and they're being um medically and surgically altered now to stop to stop that um so we need to wise up can you explain a little bit you said that you've been talking about harp uh can you just elaborate a little bit just because when i posted that post i thought this would make global news because i literally was like Oh my God, this is a bombshell. And there was zip, nothing, nothing, not, not one interview request, not nothing. So, so I'm aware that, you know, that there is a blackout about this, but I'm also aware that, you know, the planetary biosphere is being altered. And, uh, part of the transhumanist agenda is not just the geoengineering, the spraying of the metals, uh, but the digitization of every cellular biology uh, and the merging with synthetic biology. And that's in progress. So in my mind, you know, this isn't just a fight for the survival of the human species and our free will and our spiritual evolution but also for our planetary biosphere because uh, they yeah. hate the creation of God so much. They literally want to want to change everything, everything natural and make it partially synthetic and altered and digitized to be able to upload into the cloud. So can you elaborate on number one a little bit on, on HARP? What effects does HARP have on the human mind and how could it be used in this in this uh aspect and then um sorry i have so many questions the second part is <clears throat> i read when i read robert duncan's uh uh work uh it was a cia whistleblower who actually uh developed the um the artificial intelligence software for the uh, world mind control grid and in his book soul catcher he described it and a lot of what he said there that the uh computerized artificial intelligence is is uh is uh monitoring brain waves of people anybody who has uh is using more than 10% of their brain capacity is becoming targeted and i personally because of my speaking out then started seeing individuals who were really remote tortured very brilliant people i had my own uh, uh experience of that which i uh, which helped me understand the the horror of it all and how it is possible to to really remote assassinate somebody but what i what i um want to kind of know is uh what is what is your thought about the mechanisms of frequencies and how that all all works uh with the human brain could you explain it from your perspective please from my um experience the um perpetrators that i was exposed to were following a darpa generated plan it was artificial intelligence back in the 80s, at least back then that I know of. And um, that was how they, it's like, it's still just linear um, 
flat thinking. It doesn't have wisdom. It doesn't have depth. It doesn't have that aspect, but they're following it. And um, so it's like a computerized plan and artificial intelligence that they follow and harmonize with all along. So that's um, that's one aspect. When um, Mark Phillips... Uh, can I, sorry, can I just... This is so big. Uh, so... So are you saying that artificial intelligence is directing the plan of the transhumanists? Yes. 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 It has been all along. And the criminal minds that are utilizing it, you know, that are um that are following that are um as as flat thinking as that artificial intelligence. And Mark Phillips from Mind Sciences and all the people that he knew and intelligence on a global scale and everything else, that they they know that wisdom outthinks a criminal mind every time. Wisdom outthinks artificial intelligence. It's where we win. It's where they lose. But in order to have wisdom, we have to have our soul expression, strength of spirit, power of love. That's where our higher vibration um capacity to be able to outthink them is and that's what they're so scared of so they've gone all in with things like harp and harp is um used to really mess with mother nature mother nature is going to buck us all off the planet if we don't unplug harp you know i mean mother nature is more powerful just like wisdom is you know we win. It's just they don't need to be giving us this trouble in the process. We need to unplug that um, vibrational frequency of heart. Plus, it's being used not only for the weather control. Um, it's used on the human mind. And the, one of the very first experiments on it or one of the first applications of it was the L.A. riots. And um, that back with Rodney King and. They had all that. It was kind of a, a race war thing. I, who knows? But it it just created this giant um, explosion of of um, violence, and it was because of the frequency being generated in the brain to create the agitation and see how people responded to it. And they did, especially with controlled media, you know, repetitive narrative leading them into that kind of thing. Well, my gosh, it's advanced so much since then. But that was just a, a base aspect of what they're doing. Now you add this, um, what what they've done with the nanotechnology to it, and that's very deliberate to make it more um, more difficult to rise above their uh, a- attempts to manipulate. But still, we still can't. Kathy, Kathy, wait. The, 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 you, you, wow. What do you know about the nanotechnology and, and, and what... So, so you're aware that it's being used to, uh, to mind control people? Because that's what I've been talking about. Can you elaborate on that? Well, I don't know the scientific aspect. <laughs> uh, no, no, thank no. God just, you do. Yes, but, no, um, just, just what, whatever what, you know. Was, um, well, George Bush was determined to use mind control to lower the vibration of, of people and to make them more compliant. And so he promoted the pedophilia, the sexual abuse aspect. That was his primary focus. And his 
friend and comrade and cohort in the whole thing, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, their aspect was on the genetic alteration end. They wanted to create genetic alteration so that um, that 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 would make people more compliant through the uh, the vaccines and um, the the AIDS aspect and all. So the discussions between them were for the same point but coming at it from different um, from different evils, you know, directions on it. So I know that they were very much interested in that aspect. And I don't know how this fits in, but I do know that the precursor to adrenochrome was very much fitting into that alteration. They had found something in the satanic studies when the CIA infiltrated um, Satanism um, in, in, in order to learn about the effects of the trauma on the human mind, but also to learn the genetic aspect of what it does when, when people torture, murder, and drink blood, because we've all heard of the Satanists drinking blood forever. And um, there was something to that that alters the human um, I don't know if it would be DNA, but the human experience where they, they lose a morality and connection to soul, the connection to spirit, the connection to love, the connection to all of that. It gets completely um, flatlined out. So that was a very strong aspect that I know they were involved in in 1977 because um, they were actually using the tortured blood of occultism. Bill Clinton's half-brother, Roger Clinton, was actively involved in that aspect of things um, on the occult and in the blood um, the, the blood end. So, um, so, so that, can I ask you real quick? Uh, so, you know, everything that I see is all about the blood and the nanotechnology is decreasing the electrical conductivity. So the, these filaments are, number one, acting like an antenna, number two, they're hijacking the life force. Literally, and, and yeah. Clifford and I have, have shown that. But what is also very interesting is to me, it appears to be like an antenna to the demonic. And I see people who are spiritually very aware, who have a meditation practice, who literally can say, there's this shadow over me. I look at their blood and it's filled with stuff. When I give them the EDTA, which detoxifies metals as an antidote for the hydrogel, as well as detoxifies graphene. Sometimes in 20 minutes during the IV, it's as if something is lifted. They go from, you know, being not being able to sit still and being aggressive and anxious to calming completely down. You can see the light come back, and it's like it clips the antenna. So my question is, what do you know about blood? Because obviously the Satanists are obsessed with blood. And, you know, how... How does that information is influence? I mean, I absolutely believe that if if you murder and torture and sexually abuse a child and drink its blood, your connection to the soul is severed. You're done. You're no longer connected to the divine. That's one thing that if you do it, you lose your soul. Got it. You're, you're done. So so can you, what do you think about this whole blood aspect and that they're contaminating the blood and, and taking life force out of blood in, in this, in this context that you could uh, provide? Well, I, I'm not really sure what I could provide on that, except that 
um, blood trauma is an extreme force on mind control because it's um, it's naturally against human nature. It's so bad that blood traumas are used. Um, when my father sold me into MK Ultra, one of the very first things that um, that was done is he was flown to Boston, Massachusetts, where he was trained by Cardinal Law of the Catholic child abuse scandal, who the one who was covering up all the pedophilia in the church because the Catholic Church was actively involved with the CIA. The Jesuit Catholic Alliance was called the uh, New World Order, the Rose, and that was to make the Catholic Church the One World Church of the New World Order because they were cooperating fully with separating people from their um, spirit, from their um, soul expression to create a robotic mind control slave society. And as when as quickly as my father returned from his training, I was exposed to a cult ritual. And um it it started with with animals, which was absolutely horrific to me. Any blood trauma, especially to a child, is just mind blowing. And that causes the conscious mind to take flight and the subconscious is right there to be easily led and manipulated. And then um, by 1977, when the blood was being used as a precursor for adrenochrome, then I was used as a uh, tortured supplier of that. And um, through Wayne Cox and through um, Roger Clinton. So um, I experienced that trauma on that aspect as well. Um, Having been exposed to so many aspects of mind control and having healed from it and been able to rise above it, having been able to, um, to regain my complete self-control and, and nonstop attachment celebration to the human spirit and power of love. Um, it's encouraging that we have that, that aspect within us. And at this point I say, only love can come to me. I will, I will only take my vibrational frequency within. That's the only thing that can affect me. And that keeps me at a higher vibration and really kind of out of reach of the, the, this low vibration negative energy force that's wanting to generate fear and trauma. I, I make sure that I stay, I, I consciously um, choose to stay out of the pit of negativity because I'm not going to feel their vibration any further. I'm going to um, stay, I'm going to rise above it. But it was through my life's experiences, I think, that I gained such a, um, a strength against that, that kind of thing, like um, honed steel or something. I don't know, but um, I just... It's it's why I smile and why um, I celebrate. And it's like knowing this truth, knowing this reality, knowing that no matter what my body was going through, my spirit was in a safe, loving space. It would rise above. Like we hear where when people have near-death experiences, they see that silver thread and they see an overview of, of what's happening. That's that was much of my experience. And in that safe, loving space, I was always, I was always safe and it was always love. And so the human spirit 
no matter what is done to it, no matter what life's experiences are, the human spirit cannot be touched. It's sacred. It's like its own energy force in itself. It, to me, the spirit and love are the same vibrational force. And that force is so high that it cannot be touched by this negativity. That would be akin to darkness creeping in on light. It doesn't work that way. So when we realize that, that strength of spirit and stay strong in that and don't drop our guard to it, keep and cherish that, you know, free thought is sacred because that's what allows us to, you know, make that choice and express that strength of spirit. And there's nothing we can't overcome from that that angle. So as bad as my life's experience was the insight and the wisdom that I gained from that experience is why I speak out today. And I, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to keep speaking out and bringing this truth to light so that everyone reclaims and retains that strength of spirit. And we all get through this curve and rise above this imposed um, negativity. That's so beautiful. And I am so with you on that. So in my own spiritual journey, uh, you know, I learned certain techniques uh, at Rumble School of Enlightenment. It really helped me. You have a different path, but we have the same experience. And uh, people are always asking me, what should they do? Because I now find this nanotechnology in everyone's blood. And so uh, having found it in my own blood, I almost died from uh, when I was attacked with this uh, weapon. And then, uh, you know, it really neurocognitively impaired me, which took a tremendous amount of willpower to to survive but the um just like you i also have always used the adversity in my life because without it i would not have the wisdom of it and i would not give away any of my experiences regardless of how, how horrific because again they have prepared me to be able to speak to um you know my uh to 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 the experience of overcoming, you know, even when I went through ovarian cancer, I healed myself from ovarian cancer and it would have killed me if, if I didn't change my mind and use the power of my mind and really found, uh, you know, self-forgiveness. But what I want to ask you is I'm a huge fan of your book, uh, PTSD time to heal. And I want to ask you about your view on the power of detachment. Uh, and because a lot of people that I see, you know, they are the emotion. So let's say if they, if they get influenced externally and people who've never been depressed, never been suicidal, they, they all of a sudden have suicidal thoughts, but they cannot recognize that it's not their voice. It doesn't come from them. But if they would, and I sort of say, you know, you take the back seat and you observe that and you say, this isn't me. And you kind of, you know, send it out. Uh, so, so the the self awareness aspect of what you call the soul, uh, I call it the observer, the spirit. Uh, however, we call it, it doesn't matter. It works. Can you explain your view on that? Well, I I think the 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 best way that I can um, 
the best thing that I can suggest is to pick up a pen and paper and start writing because it's like a brain hack or a brain trick and it activates the critical analysis logic part of the brain. And what is it that is the fear? What is the trauma? What is what is even the suicidal thought about? And for many people that I was working with on um, through the, the curve when mind control masters of virus was unleashed on the global population, people would say, no, I am not getting a vaccine. And then all of a sudden they would wake up one morning panicked, like, I got to get the vaccine. I got to get the, you know, what? And then they go, why am I thinking that I know better? Well, we get these thoughts in because we've got a bombardment of repetitiveness and trauma around us. And it comes through the controlled media. And that repetitiveness is the most basic form of mind control. So it's important to deprogram that program that's trying to take root in the brain by um, picking up the pen and paper and writing it out. You know, write it out of your brain. Put it on paper in front of you where you consciously see it. And then add a solution. And, of course, that's S-O-U-L, solution. Add a solution to it. And that's hard to think of a solution sometimes. But if that's what you force your brain to do, all of a sudden you're opening neuron pathways in the brain. You're forcing it to fire in new ways. And as it's firing in those new ways and it's it's opening those neuron pathways all of a sudden you're like rising above the storm rising above that dark pit of negativity because that dark pit of negativity is like a black hole and it, it just keeps going and it starts sucking everything in unless you put a stop to it and pick up a pen and paper will put a stop to it it's like um it, it gives you the control over any Im- position from outside influence whatsoever write it out add the solution and then go walk in nature because they want to change the vibration of the planet because it's so high in itself and it's our vibration go get out there get your feet in the earth you know take off your shoes hug a tree you know whatever just get out in nature and take that moment to rebalance and reclaim the self-control and inner peace that is innately um, ours. Nobody can take that from us unless we allow them to. These perpetrators who are imposing all this artificial, intelligent, criminal, dark, negative uh, vibration on us—they um, have no—they have no business meddling in our our brilliant minds and lives. You know, it's up to us to just say no more and rise above it and keep our vibration heightened. Um, they'll have nothing to feed off anymore. That's just, and we win. It's over. That's fantastic. And I, I speak about that as well a lot. And, um, my other question is, you know, we are always interacting with devices as we are right now, computers, mm-hmm. cell phone. And, um, I believe that when I was targeted, it, it, the frequency likely came to through one of those devices. And, um, so now what I do is, you know, if I don't use my computer and I don't use my cell phone, which I try, I try to not even touch my cell phone. The only reason I have it is because I'm a doctor. So I put, I, I, I put it in a Faraday cage in a Mylar bag and I put it in the microwave where I have copper around it and I just, you know, <laughs> position, you know, whenever I can and nobody can basically reach me. I'm like, I don't want to touch that thing. So, yeah. but, but, 
um, I mean, do you think that indeed, you know, the, the frequencies that can be sent and, and uh, for example, Lieutenant Colonel Tom Bearden, uh, he was somebody who discussed a lot of the weaponry that's used by the military and how they can send certain frequencies to induce heart attacks, stroke, to certainly mind control you, to, you know, uh, cause extreme pain or, uh, you know, whatever. So I always tell people, you know, especially if they start to get EMF sensitivity, um, it's like I show them their blood, you know, if I can, I have patients, they hold their cell phone for 30 seconds, and they can induce a heart arrhythmia. And if you look at their blood, it immediately goes into low via these frequencies of just 2.4, even five gigahertz, both of them, it doesn't matter. And I tell them, it's like, look, get away from this device, put it away. And just like you said, you know, go out in nature and, and, uh, you know, be present with nature, not just go out in nature and keep thinking and rattling your thoughts. Right. Like, look at the tree, look at the butterfly, you know, absorb the sunshine because the, the biophotonic, uh, light spectrum information that is in each photon that we absorb through the skin, through melanin can actually be stored as energy and it literally helps to repair the body. Uh, so there's, this is, I believe one of the other reasons why they want to dim the sun. It's not just for their, you know, carbon emission. No, 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 the sun and, and we, we are absolutely connected. It's the life force that we can get from the sun. So speak a little bit about devices, and do you agree with me on that? I I do. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I know that in, um, oh, like around 1991, in my daughter's case, she was, by, in 19, March 17th, 1993, national security was invoked in open court in her case because of the people she had named that were involved in human trafficking um, and mind control. And she was just a child, but she had remembered enough. And, um, you know, so national security was was invoked. Her whole case, I was doing, uh, it's why I started speaking out, was just to help my daughter. It was love for her that compelled me. That wasn't, you know, any kind of bitterness or hatred. But that court case was so important and pivotal, especially that early on. And with the intelligence that was concerned about what was happening in that court case, that they wanted to control it any way they could. And back then they had these little devices that they could carry in a briefcase or a purse and push a button to anyone who was on, um, on the stand. Not only could they be manipulated through NLP by an attorney, which is very common, um, that, that, that witnesses and juries are manipulated through NLP, but they also have the technological ways too, where if you're starting to say something, they can push that button, just shut you up. So once I, you know, being aware of that, I, it was a battle to be able to fight that, um, and be, and, and yet I learned and I exercised beyond that. So we can overcome the technological um, aspects of that. Another time it was used, it's detailed in um, Access Denied for reasons of national security. When um, I was at Vanderbilt University where they had, you know, security like the Pentagon, you know, in this hospital because of what they were doing on um, MKUltra and, you know, 
and, and, and everything else and the vaccines and, you know, everything else. And my daughter was so horrifically abused there. And I had gone into to attempt to help her. And the technology was used on me at that time to stop me. And I still overcame it, was able to get up out of my seat. And, and you know, I didn't like physically push the, the nurse who was doing it, but I backed her into the wall and to pick up her name tag. And I said, Miss Huffaker, I am never going to forget your name and I'm going to expose exactly what you have just done. And, it, and I'm still doing it, you know, so we can deal, we can recognize the attack of a frequency and stop it immediately with our own vibration, with our own, that love for my daughter was stronger than any, any technological aspect that they could use. So when we realize that we have the power, they only have as much power as we give them or let them steal, <laughs> you know, then um, we're going to take quantum leaps forward, especially in light of the information that you know, and um, all of us coming together with our piece of the puzzle to be able to overcome this, um, this nonsense. And then we are evolving with that knowledge. This is an evolutionary time. We can call it a spiritual evolution if we want, or we can call it a mental evolution. The fact is we evolve with this knowledge. And once we do, we can protect ourselves from it going forward. And you know, start exploring all the amazing things that life has to offer. Start exploring the aspects of our mind that are so telepathic and intuitive and um, full of miracles and harmony and synchronicities. You know, this whole aspect of life is something that we um, we get to explore, but we got to get past this aspect and knowledge again as our defense against it is key. Wow, I totally, I love everything that you're saying. And um, um, I want to ask you another question. So, you know, I've been part of the medical freedom movement. And, you know, uh, last year, I believe there were over a thousand lawsuits filed, right? But we know, and I've, you know, read the Epstein flight log and who all was on there and that, you know, how many courts are compromised and that basically... You know, unfortunately, the entire structure, not just the military industrial complex that's in charge of this, but then, you know, all of Congress, you know, I, I looked up just, you know, how many Congress people do not have investments in Pfizer. And the answer was three. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it's just, it's such a puppet show out there because basically, you know, there's a little bit of, of movement, but, but the people even uh, that pretend to be on the good side, they're not everybody's owned. And so, um, what is the, the recipe if we don't have courts that are, um, on our side, or if if a judge, if if attorneys, if if people can be manipulated, and we just saw the three trillion dollar court case against Fiverr, just Pfizer, just dismissed. Uh, you know, there's uh, so so. Is our view or our best pathway to just continue to speak out like you and I are doing, and that 
that collectively, as we are collectively raising the vibration, we basically leave their realm. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> yes, and they're they're totally losing control. Their their blatant manipulation of the courts is something everyone is seeing. They're seeing how horrific this is and how it's being used against the people. And uh, my gosh, the number of parents who have had their children turned back over to abusers and back into human trafficking operations. You know, people are aware. So we don't have a faith in our system like we used to. We used to think it was the authority. And yes, if they said that, it must be true. We all know better now. So that's an evolutionary step in itself. And I think from there, we're going to be establishing more of a natural law and self-governance. And I'm seeing more and more of that because um, as people reclaim their freedom and um, their strength of spirit, it, it, we don't have to look outside ourselves to authority to tell us what to think and what to do. And I've long since given up any hope of uh, justice through our, con- our corrupted system what would that mean anyway if the judge bangs a gavel and says i'm right i know i'm right i already know what the truth is i don't need that and people already know what the truth is and it's not going to help anybody to me the ultimate justice is positive change through public awareness and i have been saying that for 35 years that is the justice i'm seeking and ultimately you know maybe that is the justice that we all will have is to be able to uh, reclaim our right to live our lives the way they're intended to be lived um, in peace and harmony and true to soul and out of love, you know? So I, I really think that's where we're going and we're not going to need this um, authoritarian, big government, big cult, big, um, big tech, big pharma, influence in our lives because we're going to realize our own power and what we've been blessed with all along. It's absolutely amazing. Beautiful. I have uh, one sort of final question, which is a deep one, but I love that I can ask you the hardest questions and you, uh, you provide just phenomenal wisdom. So one of the things that I have observed is that many people, for example, healthcare provider in the system, they know of the corruption, but they stay for a paycheck because they're afraid to either lose, you know, their income. Uh, they're afraid to speak out because they might lose their life. Um, I personally do not have any fear of death. Uh, you know, I've been targeted a couple times. I survived it. I believe that, that when you stand in absolute truth and literally, uh, It has to be absolute. You cannot speak a little bit of truth and then you lie over here because that's like a kink in your armor. Your frequency isn't up in truth. You have to make the absolute shift to be able to be protected, uh, in my mind, divinely, uh, and your life will be protected. Um, uh, no matter what happens or whoever has a, a target on, on your back, you cannot be killed or destroyed when you are in absolute alignment with love and truth. So the question is, 
the fear of death aspect. So I've had my own near death experience. I've been out of my body. I know that, you know, I don't die when I die because I actually kept on uh, going and I just looked back at the body and it was like, Oh, uh, I'm still alive. Okay. <laughs> so, so that has given me a fortitude and a hope of, of, not being afraid of change in my life. Because when you, for example, you know, let's say I'm a doctor and I have my identity as a doctor and, oh, my God, what will people think if I speak out? And and it's sort of like a, if your identity dies or, you know, if your marriage dies because all of a sudden you change. So, so the fear of death is absolutely linked with the inability to change. And change we must, every single one of us. So uh, I believe that that addressing the most primal fear that we have uh, and, and understanding, getting a grip of the continuity of soul and spirit beyond the physicalness is actually what allows us to live. It's not that you're preparing to die or accepting death. It's like, no, no, no. It's actually preserving you to continue life no matter what peril there is. And I, 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 what, what advice do you have for those people who are still afraid to be assassinated and they don't want to speak the truth or they don't want to lose their paycheck? And, and, uh, you know, what's your recipe for change? I, I think it just begins with the free thought. You know, so many of these, these, these doctors that want their paycheck and, and won't, you know, they're scared of the change and everything else have also been indoctrinated in the school system. So they've got to uproot some programming. And ultimately, everyone needs to reevaluate their values, reprioritize their priorities and think things through. Big cult religion has really indoctrinated people with a fear of death and the fear of, you know, you're you're no good and you're going to hell and you're this and you're that. And when in fact, it's our innate energy source. We are that love. We are, we, we return to that source. We are that source. We're living that source. We're having a, a human, ex, a physical experience, you know, with, with that. And when we realize that's our infinite source of power, um, it, it will take away that fear. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of what my daughter said when she was 10 years old and caught up in that corrupted so-called child protective services and corrupted court system and all. She said only the evolved will survive. And it's very, very true that um, we've got to evolve with the knowledge that we've been held back and manipulated by a dark energy force. We've got to get that, break those, um, those chains, break those strings, break free of those controls. And the best way to do it again, is to pick up that pen and paper and start writing it all out. You know, what is it that's stopping you from taking the moral stand that you're actually feeling for the children who are coming in to have, um, uh, to be physically altered for this transgender movement? Why would you cooperate with that? That's against basic human nature. You know, we need to start writing that out, um, empowering each other. And uh, people tend to 
be in a herd mentality. And if everybody's quaking in fear, they're going to cling to that fear too and just stay in that little box that they're in. When they see all of us living free and happy and in love and expanding, then they join in on that. So in so many ways, we can light the path forward simply by living the love we are and living our freedom and encouraging others to embrace it too. When they see we have no fear. You know, I'm like, not only, I have no fear of death. And it's like, what are they going to do? Torture me? They already did that. I'm still here. I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. And as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep living it. I have, I have no fear of them. They had their best shot at me and they failed. <laughs> so you know, I just wish everyone could see that and, and hear, you know, what, what you and I both have experienced is the, um, the absolute resiliency of the human spirit and the fact that it is an energy that can neither be created nor destroyed. It is, it is us. And um, when we realize that we don't have to fear death anymore, we don't have to, um, you know, be suicidal about it. It's in the realization and the freedom of no fear of death that all of a sudden we're free to live our lives fully and to live that love. And it's so, so exciting to be able to live life's purpose, especially at this pivotal moment in time, that as more and more people do that, it's just going to be um, evolutionary process. And I see it happening on a grand scale now, on a global scale. And it's really exciting um, to see that we are finally reached this point and that it, it just continues to grow. It's so beautiful. And I totally agree. You know, I, I wake up laughing in the morning and sometimes, <laughs> you know, when there's adversity up my way, it's like, Oh, look, there's another opportunity to become greater and stronger. And Oh my God, who am I going to be on the other side of this? Let's go. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I just think that, you know, if only people could see the jazz of really engaging life and that, you know, uh, wanting or wishing just for peace and harmony is just like, you know, how about you're just the center, the calm and the storm and let the chaos wrap around you. <laughs> this, is, this is how, you know, we will live just a new time that's so beautiful. And I have to say, you know, conversations like connections with you, uh, you know, it's so empowering, gives me so much energy, uh, because, because the, the frequency of it is so healing. It's so liberating. You know, it's as if somebody is pulling, you know, uh, the prison out of your system. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you can breathe for the first time in your life uh and uh you know what i hope for the people who see this that they are illuminated but by, by just the vibration of this truth and inspired and self-healed that that they know that the power is within them and that we're beautiful beings don't look at somebody and judge them you just you know love them they're your brother your sister and together we can do this and um, Kathy, can you tell us where people can find also your books? I will also post them under the in the video links as well as on the Substack. Um, but can you just uh, let us know uh, also the the three books that you have, and I believe DVDs as well. Just tell us a little bit about that. Um, yes, I've got my um, testimony for 
Congress, Transformation of America. I've got uh, access denied for reasons in national security and, of course, PTSD time to heal. They're all available in hard copy and audio. Um, I secure the information on my website at trance-formation.com, T-R-A-N-C-E hyphen formation.com. Uh, PTSD time to heal is posted there with a pay what you can if you can option. So everyone can have it regardless of income, regardless of location and regardless if in they're in a situation like so many, uh, high level entertainers and politicians are these days where they got somebody looking over their shoulder. They don't need a money trail going back to, um, the fact that they are healing themselves. PTSD time to heal reminds us it's within us all to heal. We've been blessed with it all along and we just forgot. We've been conditioned for too many generations to look outside ourselves and it reminds us just to look within and embrace the the truth and the reality that we are unstoppable and impenetrable when we live the love we are. I love that. Wow. Thank you so much, my beautiful soul sister. And I hope that we can speak soon again. And You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.